0: Good afternoon from Inspiration Nation. I am back again to encourage you, to lift you up, to let you know that today, yes, is a brand new day. And yesterday is past and gone. It's nothing that we can do to change to fix, to correct what happened on yesterday that is out of our control. We need to look ahead today, look to greater, look to better, look to inspire, look to God. That is the greatest thing that you and I can do today to please God is to look to him, to be thankful to be most grateful for all of the things that he has done just on today. It's around about 1 45 p.m. And just today, from the time that we woke up this morning until now, we can at least think of one thing that God has done that we can say, thank you, Lord. If you had not have done that, it wouldn't have gotten done. If you would not, have heard my prayer, it would not have gotten done. We're not going to look to the things that we're asking him to do. We are looking at the things that he has done just on today to say thank you. We need to spend more time thanking God and praising Him and honoring Him for who He is and the things that He has already done. A lot of times we spend too much time looking and waiting for the things that we want God to do instead of being grateful for the things that He has done because God has done a lot for a whole bunch of us who know that it wasn't because of anything good that we did. It wasn't because we were such a devout, upstanding Christian. It wasn't because we spoke the right things, that we did the right things, that we gave to the right person, but it was because of God's grace, his love, his mercy, and his unyielding, relentless attitude and spirit and actions towards us that we are now able to say, God blessed me. He saw me through that because we change. God doesn't change. We go astray. God doesn't go astray. God remains steady, focused. He remains at his post. It is us, it's you, it's me that we walk away from our posts. We walk away from where God has planted us. God doesn't ever do that. So today, let's just look to God and say, thank you that from this morning when I woke up, you have blessed me. And maybe there are some of you who say, well, you know, I can't look around and say, well, God has done because, you know, my bills are still late. Well, you know, I still got this problem. I still have this thorn in my side. You know, they still won't let me be the one to sit up at the front of the desk, at the front of the office, at the job. They still overlook me. I'm still at work. I still haven't taken my lunch. My child won't act right. My husband won't do right. My husband won't stop. My wife won't stop. We can find a million things to be ungrateful about. We can find a million things to complain about. But if we can't find one thing at 145, 150 p.m. on today to say that God has done for us just on this day, then I would be really quick to say we're not really being grateful to God. Because I'll tell you one thing that he did for you. And some of you may listen to this and I may not ever know you. You may not ever know me. We may not ever meet, but I can tell you one thing that God did for you today beyond a shadow of a doubt. And that is that he woke you up. Why? Because God is the giver of life. He is the only one who can give life. He's the only one who can take life so that you're able to hear me. To know that you're under the sound of my voice is enough for me to say that God has blessed you on this day. So maybe you're not grateful for that, but I'm grateful to God that he woke you up this morning. We should thank God for the small things that we tend to overlook, like being able to get up and get ourselves dressed to go to work, being able to get up and say, my name is Keisha or maybe your name is Bob. My name is Bob. I am 47 years of age, I am 65 years of age, I'm 22 years of age, we know who we are, we know our age, we know what year that we're in, we know who's president, we know what our address is, those are things that we should be thankful about, because there is some person out there that we don't know, or maybe it's somebody that you do know, that they don't have their memory, they don't know who they are, so maybe they can say, They can't think of anything good that God has done. But if you can hear me and you can recognize what I'm saying, then you're blessed because there's somebody out there who they don't know who they are. They need help to get dressed. They need help to sign their name. So I'm here to remind you today that there is something that you and I can find. And we don't have to look very far. We don't have to think very deep to know God's goodness, to know of his grace and his mercy. So that is just a little starter. That's just a little appetizer that I wanted to give you because I always want to remind us to be thankful, to look to God and say, God, it could be worse, but it's not. So God, I thank you for your grace and your mercy. But today, real quick, I want to talk to you about People with bad attitudes. But before I talk just a few minutes about that, I want to give you just a little bit of world history. It's not um, a few episodes ago, I talked about a little bit about um, black history and told you a few things that I, you know, became knowledgeable of via via internet. And so today I went to timeanddate.com. That's the website. And I wanted to find out what are some things that had happened in the world on today's date several years ago. So June 16th of 1976 in South Africa, there were some uh, estimated 20,000 African youth that began a protest against the introduction of Afrikaans not Africans, but Afrikaans, A-F-R-I-K-A-A-N-S. I I Google it to make sure that I pronounced it right. So those 20,000, estimated 20,000 youth began a protest against the introduction of Afrikaans as the language of instruction in their schools. Now, I didn't do any more research after that, but I'm kind of wondering... Well, I wonder why was there a protest against that? But police officers, security guards, what have you, began firing shots. And it didn't say if anybody was harmed, but there was a protest against that and the police got involved. So if you want to read further about that, you can go to timeanddate.com. Maybe they can give you some more references to go off of if you're interested in finding out how that turned out. Then, 1960, on this date, uh, Alfred Hitchcock's movie, Psycho, was first premiered. And you and I both know, maybe you don't know, it was famous for the shower scene murder. And then guess whose birthday is today? Now, I got this from timeandday.com, Tupac Shakur. He's an American rapper, producer, and actor and today is his birthday. It didn't say how old he would have been, but I'm sure it's really easy to find out if you just Google how old he is, uh, he would have been on today. And so uh, that information came from timeanddate.com. So that's just a little bit of world history that I wanted to share with you on today. So quickly, I wanna wrap up and talk about people with bad attitudes. Okay. So maybe you are such as myself. I'm a happy person by nature. So it doesn't sit well with me when I have to be around somebody who is argumentative. You want to pick, you want to debate, you want to go back and forth. You're always in a bad attitude. Nothing is ever right. The world is not right. Your co-workers are not right. Your family's not right. Your neighbors are not right. The people driving down the highway are not right. Something is always not right, which leaves you with a bad attitude. And God wishes for us to live in joy and live in peace. Now, maybe you say, well, Keisha, you live in la-la land. You live in a fantasy land. No, I live in the kingdom of God. And if God says that the fruit of the spirit is joy and is peace, then that means that I have a right to live in joy and peace, which means that I don't have to have you coming up in my space of peace and joy and interrupting it because you are broken. You are depressed. You are sad. You are downtrodden. You are downcast. I have the right to say, hey, If you want to be depressed, if you want to be argumentative, if you want to have a bad attitude, hey, my sister, hey, my brother, that's on you. But I have the right as a child of God to say, this line right here, you can't cross. This is a place of peace. This is a place of rest. This is a place of certainty in Christ. And you cannot bring that into my space. The blood of Jesus has been pled over every window, every door, over my car, wherever I go. I don't care where I'm at. There is a guard all around me. There's a fence all around me, the blood of Jesus, and it is built up in peace and joy. And I don't want any bad attitude coming up in through here. Now, maybe you haven't gotten to the point to where you can recognize when... Is bringing their bad attitude into your place of peace where you have prayed and you have cried and you have asked God to allow you to live in his peace, to live in his joy, to live in his reassurance. Maybe you haven't reached that point yet. But you can reach that point. And when you reach that point, you can see bad attitude coming. You can hear bad attitude coming. Why? Because you've become sensitive to God's voice. You've become sensitive. You've prayed and asked God to give you a spirit of discernment so you can see it coming. You can read it in a text. You can read it in a voicemail. You can hear it in a voicemail. And you can say, "Mm mm-mm. If that's how you want to be, that's on you. I'm not going to try to change you, but I'm sorry. I can't have that interrupting my place of peace, my place of sanity. Because if any of you are like me, you had to fight to get to a place of peace and joy and relaxation in the truth of the word of God. And once you get there, you don't want anything To distract you away from that. You don't want anything to come in and break up. And destroy and tear down all of the times that you prayed, all of the times that you've cried. And now God has gotten you to a place to where you're steady, you're able to stand firm, you're able to be able to recognize bad attitude when it's coming. You can see it, even in its posture, you can see bad attitude. All it's written all over it. And I have a saying, it's not a, a very popular saying, it's not anything that's gonna make you say, Whoo, I can't believe she thought of that. But I have a, a saying that I say now, and it's this, when the handwriting's on the wall, you better go ahead and read it. Meaning this, when God has given you a spirit of discernment, when you know this person has a bad attitude, when you know that no matter what positive you bring, it's going to be knocked down with something negative, they're called naysayers then you need to recognize that and you need to put that thing in its place because it is a spirit. You love the person. You love your sister. You love your brother. You love your neighbor. You love your mom. You love your dad. You love your deacon. You love your pastor. But you have to see that spirit for what it is and say, this is a bad attitude. You bring drama. You you bring tears. You bring sadness. So I think what I'll do is I'll just kind of put up a barrier for right now. And then when God shows me that you're in a better attitude, then I can allow you to come back in. And so I am going to give you a word of encouragement from the word of God. And it says from Proverbs 17 and 22, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. That says to me that when a person has been broken, when a person has been hurt, when a person has gone through something that has crushed them, they have a bad attitude. They have a downcast spirit. They they bring negative words. When you want to encourage and when you want to build something up, when you want to bring something new to the table, when you have a, an idea, when you have a dream or a goal or aspiration, but then you look around and here they come. <laughs> Here they come with all of the negative and all of the doubt and all of the the dread and the, oh, that's not going to work. And how can you think to do that? And, And what sense does that make? You haven't even given the situation time. You haven't even given the idea time to even try to grow bad attitude. And most of the time when a person has a bad attitude, it is because they are broken on the inside. They are hurt something in that person's life, whether it was in their childhood, whether it was something that happened to them as a young adult, maybe their parents did something to them. Maybe a teacher did something to them. Maybe when they became an adult and and went off first to work in the workplace and had their first job, maybe something happened to them then. Maybe and even if it's an older individual, maybe That child did something to them, told them that they were a bad parent. And for years it's caused hurt and hurt people hurt other people. So when the word says that a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. That says to me that when a person has a bad attitude and a person is hurt and they don't have joy and they don't have peace it comes out in their words. It comes out in their actions. So the first thing we need to do for a person with a bad attitude is pray for them. God, I'm not going to pray for Johnny to have a new car. I'm not going to pray for Johnny to get a better job. I'm not going to pray for Johnny to live in a better house. God, I'm going to pray for their spirit to be healed. I'm going to pray for their emotions to be healed because something has happened to them and they don't even know that it's something deep embedded on the inside that they need to get a healing from. They don't even know that what I need is a spiritual counseling. What I need is for somebody to pray this spirit off of me. And sometimes, people know that they need help, but pride won't let them get help. So what happens? They suffer. Their children suffer. Because if they're hurt, they can't help their children when they get an emotional hurt. Because they're hurt. And hurt people don't know how to help other hurt people get the healing that they need. So that's the first thing we do for them is pray for them that they will know the joy and the peace of God. And then when they get the joy and the peace of God, after you have prayed fervently, after they have done their part, because I'm big on taking responsibility. You have your part. I have my part. And if all pieces don't fit together, the puzzle never gets finished. Therefore, that person stays in a place of hurt. That person stays in a place where they're always on the defensive. Everybody's out to get them. Everybody's out to get you. The paper man is out to get you. The delivery guy is out to get you. Your coworker is out to get you. Your neighbor who is 200 years old, who don't even leave fingerprints anymore, is out to get you. Well, they park their car in a certain way. They're out to get me. Well, they check their mail at 2 o'clock and they know I check mine at 2.15. They're out to get me. You are broken. You You need a healing from the inside out. So we pray for that person until they get their breakthrough, until they get their deliverance. But also know that it's a part that they have to play as well. And God will tell you when to release that person. So dealing with a person with a bad attitude, what you do, the next thing is you don't let that person stop you from walking in joy and walking in peace. You don't let their behavior change your good behavior. What are some of the ways? I'm going to just give you just a few quick ways that you can, you can not let a bad attitude rub off on you. If you see that the conversation is going left, you can say this. A great woman of God once gave me this nugget to help me. She said, Keisha, if you see it's going left, just say this. Something as simple as this. You know what? It's something I forgot to do. Let me go and take care of this real quick and and I'll talk to you a little bit later. That's your way of getting out of that that, uh, situation that you see is going left. Or number two, you can say, "Mm, you know what? You may have a good idea. That may give me that you just gave me something to think about. Cut the conversation off. Cut it off. If you have to literally physically get up and walk away, then you do that. What is another way that you can you can you can work against a bad attitude without breaking the peace? Just start get get up and start cleaning up. Get up and start sweeping. Get up and 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 start washing dishes. Get up and start folding clothes. You have to create a distraction that will cause that person maybe themselves to get up and walk away. So those are just a few things. I just kind of scraped the surface. Those are just a few things that you can do to help you when you have to be around a person that has a bad attitude, but don't forget to love them, love them. Does that mean go out and buy them something? No, that doesn't mean that you have to go out and buy them something, but one way, another way, don't raise your voice. And all the while that person is displaying a bad attitude, you're praying. God, help me to stay in character. Help me to do what pleases you. And silence is a ministry. I said that on one of my other episodes. So those are just some ways that you can help yourself when you have to be around a person with a bad attitude. Trouble don't last always. This too shall pass. Everything has an expiration date. A great man of God once told me that. So I hope I've said something today here on Inspiration Nation that has helped you. And I hope that it would point you back to Jesus Christ because he is the giver of everything good, everything that we can say that can help somebody else. God gave us those words to say. So you all be blessed. You can check me out on my YouTube channel, Inspiration Nation with an exclamation point. And you can listen to some of my videos there. And I hope that they encourage you as well. Always know I'm praying for you. Please continue to pray for me as we grow higher together in Christ. You guys be blessed. See you soon. Keep a good attitude. Bye bye. Good morning. It is January 1st of 2021. I am so happy. I am so blessed to be in the land of the living as the old saints used to say or still say. I am pleased as punch that I am able to still be encouraged to be able to encourage someone else to be able to get up and know that my life still has meaning despite the many things that we have went through these past 365 days but today we meet a brand new 365 days and perhaps you are a person who you look at things like new year's resolutions and you think about your new year's resolutions closer to the end of the year and you wonder, what is my new year's resolution gonna be? And this may be October, November, it may be entering uh, the end of December and you begin to think, what will my new year's resolution be this year? And I just want to encourage you that, There does not have to be a close of an old year, entering to a new year in order for you to change, in order for you to do better, in order for you to pray and ask God to give you a new perspective on life, to give you a new way of thinking. Because let me tell you something that God has clearly shown me about myself and about other people Whatever we do in life, however we act, however we deal with people, hear me clearly. It begins with a thought. It begins in what is in your mind. It begins in your heart. And we have to take responsibility for our actions that come from a thought. If we want to do better, if we want to be better, if we want to know better, we have to begin to practice, to put into practice better thinking, better actions. We have to begin to make better choices with the things that we do, the things that we say, the places that we go. It is going to have to begin with us putting those things into action. No more can I, can you say that, well, she she coerced me into doing it. Well, he bullied me in a corner. Well, they told me that they wouldn't do blah, 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 nee, 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 if I didn't do such and such. Mm-mm. We have to begin... To first of all know that if we ask God to give us the fruit of the Spirit, to help us to walk in the fruit of the Spirit, He will give it to us. Number two, we have to know that according to the power that works in us, be it unto us. So no more can we say, Well, I don't have the power to to, to change my life. I don't, I don't, I don't have what it takes to change my life. I just, I don't know what to do to be better. Let me tell you so simply. Yes, you do. If you have made God, your Lord and your savior, that's the first thing. And only you know, if you have made him your Lord and your savior, and when you make him your Lord and your savior, don't think things are going to be easy because they're not, they're going to get worse. Let me warn you, they are going to get worse. But you have to know that God would not put any more on you than you could bear. That God said that everything that you pray and you ask him for and you believe it and you don't doubt it, you will receive it. Just walk in the measure of faith that God has given you. God has given each of us a measure of faith. And according to your faith, be it unto you. According to the power that works in you, be it unto you. So I said those things to say to you, you can change. You can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. You can do it. You can do it. I am such a promoter of change. I am such a promoter of doing better and being better. Well, Keisha did, when you got this revelation, did you automatically do better? Did your life automatically change? Did you walk on rose petals? No, no, it got worse. The heat turned up 10 times more, whether it was in my family Whether it was on my job, whatever situations that I had to face on a day-to-day basis got worse. But I chose to keep pressing. I chose to keep looking to God. I chose to find somebody to bless. That is a way that you can help yourself when you're trying to grow and do better. But you have this thing in your life that you just seem like the more I try, the worse I fail. So what I have done that helps me when I'm trying to grow, when I'm trying to get delivered from a certain thing and I am truly pressing to be better, I go and I find someone else that I can bless. I go and I find someone. I don't care if it's a child. I don't care if it's my neighbor, if it's someone in my family. I find a way to bless them. And when you begin to make blessing someone else, a part of your lifestyle, you'll look back and say, Oh, I forgot I had that issue that I, that I prayed about. Oh, I forgot that I was going through whatever it is, because you have now taken your focus off of what you're trying to get delivered from or what you're asking God to bless you in. And you've put that focus on another person. You've met that need of another person and it has become a lifestyle for you. So all of what I'm saying to you today is about not just waiting for the end of the year to make a a New Year's resolution. Oh, when when I get a raise on my job, I'ma do better. Oh, when my sister does better, I'ma do better. Or when they come and apologize to me, I'ma do better. Or when they come and, and sit at my feet and beg of my forgiveness, then I'll ask them to forgive me, or this one right here. Well, you know, it would make sense that I start January 1st trying to eat better, not lose weight, just eat better. If we begin to make one step to say, you know what? I used to eat a whole pie. (laughs) Now I'm just gonna take a baby step and maybe not eat the whole pie. Maybe I'll just eat maybe two pieces. And I'm saying that to say we have to start someplace. If you go to God and say, I want to do better, I'm not waiting till the end of the year. I'm not waiting till January 1. But God, I want to do better now. Right now is a time of salvation. Right now is a time of change. Right now is a time to be more loving, to be more kind, to be more forgiving. Now is the time. Now when you hear God's voice, do not harden your heart. Because warning comes before a great destruction. Your destruction may be your you, you overeat so much that you're killing your body. Your destruction may be that you've cheated so much on your spouse. And you've gotten warnings after warning after warning. But because you won't take heed to the warning, okay, now God is going to leave you to yourself. He's going to turn you over to yourself because your pride wouldn't let you take instruction from somebody else that God sent to warn you to say, come out of that. But so many times our pride is so much greater than The person who God has sent to try to speak words of deliverance and encouragement to us that we just let that pride take dominion over the situation, over the conversation. And, you know, in your mind, you know, in your heart that what this person is saying is right. You know, you need to stop whatever it is. So what do you do? You brush that person off. You say stuff like, can't nobody judge me? Hmm. Everybody got sin. And what we don't know is that we have used that excuse for so long that it has gotten us in a place where we're not growing in God. And when you're not growing in God, you cannot walk in your full potential. You cannot help someone else along the way and God be glorified. Because you have this burden, you have this weight on you and God has sent help so many times, but your pride made you push everybody away that God sent. Well, I didn't, I didn't want her to say nothing to me. I didn't want him to say nothing to me because I remember back in 85 when he used to write hot checks. Or I remember back in 72, when she used to lie to mama. Well, I remember when she was mean to daddy. Well, I remember last week at work, she clocked in 10 minutes early and she wasn't supposed to. You just let your blessing walk out of the door because the deliverance didn't come dressed the way that you thought it should have come dressed. You thought the person should have had on blue when they had on red. That's your deliverance that you keep walking away from. But you keep saying, we keep saying, oh, God, I want to change. Oh, God, I want to do better. Oh, God, I want to do this. And oh, God, send me to the masses. And oh, God, I just want to preach your word. And then when God sends a word of correction, a word of instruction, a word of deliverance, a rhema word, a word of knowledge to help get us to another point in him. We brush it away because of pride. Now, that was just extra, and I hope that it helps somebody. But I'm talking to you today about change. We have so much life left to live, we have so much life left to give. We have so many more moments with our families, with our loved ones. We have so many more dinners to sit down and enjoy. We have so many more services to render unto the Lord, but we cannot get there with the same mindset. You need to get up and I will not tell you anything that I have not done on my own, that I have not done myself. You need to get up. How do I change, Keisha? How do I begin? How do I start? How do I press the start button on change? You get up. You physically get up. You get up and you start looking around your home at things that you know need to change, whether or not if it's cleaning out a closet, whether or not if it's cleaning out your garage. Because let me say this. You may think, well, that don't have nothing to do with a a change in your life. Oh, yes, it does. Because if you look around your surroundings and all you see is clutter, junk, unorganized, Uh, rooms, unorganized closets, your porch is cluttered, your backyard looks like crap. Those are things that affect us emotionally and mentally. It's a reflection of how we conduct our lives on a day-to-day basis. So if you have an area in your home that needs to be organized Get up now and begin to organize it. You may not be able to work, but maybe 30 minutes. Maybe you have a health condition. Maybe you need help. But the point is God wants to see us do something. We cannot sit back and any longer make it somebody else's fault. Moving into 2021, it's not your ex's fault. It's not your estranged spouse's fault. It's not your coworker, it's not your neighbor, it is you, it is I that stands in the need of a great change and it has to start with us. It has to start in us so that we can begin to allow God to give us a glimpse of what our future holds, what's down the road, just a glimpse of his promise, just a glimpse Of the plan and the purpose that he has for us. But we got to stop. We have to stop blaming it on everybody else. We have to take responsibility for the things that we have done. And maybe you have apologized to a person. And you know that you've apologized to a person. And for whatever reason, they just didn't hear you. And they keep judging you off of the situation. Well, I'll tell you this: you have to surrender that situation to God. Because sometimes we can apologize to people two things. Sometimes we can apologize to people, but they don't want to accept the apology because they want to keep they want to keep beating the situation. They want to keep bringing it up. They they don't want to hear your apology because their disdain towards you, their dislike towards you, their discomfort towards you is stronger than your apology, your sincere apology. Those are situations that we may need to walk away from because God knows how much we can bear and he also knows when it's time to stop casting our pearls what is special to us, what is holy to us, it's time for us to stop casting those things among swine. People who will take your love and take your kindness and take your compassion and just stomp all over it. Just throw it in the mud. It means nothing to them when you turn the other cheek. It means nothing to them When you feed them when they're hungry, it means nothing to them for you to call them or text them with a kind word when they just got through hanging up in your face, when they just got through yelling and screaming at you and calling you out of your name. It means nothing to them. Stop casting your pearls among swine starting January 1st, 2021, since this is the day that we're in. And sometimes when you. Sometimes when you try to meet a person halfway, sometimes when you render an apology, sometimes when you reach out to the most difficult person, number two, if that person does not have a vine connection to Christ themselves, if you know that the fruit of the spirit is not working in that person's life, If you know that they are an on again, off again, where they only pray when, you know, their job is in trouble, where they only pray when, you know, they're up against something financial, whatever it is. If that person does not have a connection a vine that leads them to Christ as their Lord and Savior, that is a part of their lifestyle, you can apologize to that person until you turn blue. Leave it alone, leave it alone. Let God lift that weight. Let God soothe that hurt, that embarrassment that you rendered an apology and that person still just stomped all over it. And another thing, maybe someone hurt you and they apologized to you. Maybe your sibling hurt you and they apologized. Maybe your spouse hurt you and they apologized. Maybe your child hurt you and they apologized and you accepted the apology. You were happy. You were excited. Oh, I can't believe I've been waiting on them to apologize. And oh, the moment was right. And and I just can't believe they said the right words, everything I needed to hear. But then two days later, two weeks later, they do the same thing that they just apologized for. And this pattern of behavior repeats itself. All the while you're in a relationship with this person, it repeats itself. And then when you find it hard to accept their apology, they get mad. Well, I apologize to you. Yeah, you apologize to me, but you keep hurting me. You apologize to me, but you keep cheating on me. You apologize to me, but you keep stealing my car, my child. You apologize to me, but you keep disrespecting my home, my sibling. It's not enough to give an apology. We have to come from out of these old mindsets and old ways of thinking. It's not enough to apologize to a person and you've made it repetitious. You've made it a part of who you are. People know you to constantly hurt, constantly hurt, constantly hurt people and then you go give them a shabby apology. But then you turn around and you keep doing it. Some, listen, some apologies are manipulation. Some apologies people use as a tool of manipulation to keep you under their thumb. They don't mean it. They apologize, but they have no, they have no thought of going and getting the help that they need to stop hurting people around them. And I've said it once and I'll say it again, hurt broken people, hurt other people. So moving forward into a brand new 365 days that we have to look forward to, let this be a day that you say, no longer do I let my flesh control me, but I control my flesh. Fruit of the spirit, self-control walk in it, begin to practice it. Just get up and start practicing. If it's someone that you've had a difficult time being kind to for whatever reason, just say this. Well, kindness is the fruit of the spirit. So if it is, then I know God will be pleased if I walk in it. The next time you have the opportunity to cuss someone from stem to stern, say, you know what? Mm -mm. Keisha said, I can't do this moving ahead. Seeking the plan that God has for me. So instead of me giving you what's what, I'm just I, I'm just gonna say, you know what? uh I want to say something, but I'm not, because my plan and my purpose and my focus moving ahead is I want to please God. I want to be new, I want to be, I want to be right in God's eyes, and everybody won't receive your change, but that's okay. Because if we could, and I had to learn this, um, I had to learn this through trials and hurt and tribulation. As long as God says to me, Keisha, you did good. I don't need to worry about who's going to get mad because God is telling me I need to change. God is telling me I need to ignore text messages. God is telling me I need to put some people on block. God is telling me, Don't you respond to them right now. You wait until later today. Well, you know, God, that's going to make them mad. They're going to be mad at me. They're going to cuss me. They're going to look at me with an ugly look. And God, you know, I can't stand when people look at me with an ugly look. And God said, who are you going to obey? Because his word says that it is better to obey him than man. So who are you going to choose to listen to. Who's going to be your leader, your guide? Who's going to be the purpose? Who's going to be the one to give you your purpose? Your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your best friend, your mama, your daddy, your sibling, or God? It's God. I'm going to answer it for you. You don't have to go and pray and ask God to show you. It's him. So moving forward, I'm so I'm actually happy. I'm excited but i'm 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 excited about the revelation that god has given me about a new year i'm excited and people who are attached to me i just been talking about it like for weeks like god gave me this revelation about re- a new year's resolution and uh starting a new year and how can we be better and it's just like this is a season of we need to jump in the water while the water is moving. We need to move with the cloud wherever God is telling us to go emotionally, mentally, spiritually, financially, socially. We need to get on that boat. We need to move with that cloud. I'm telling you, God is doing something different. And I know we hear that all the time. Well, yeah, you know, they said God is doing something different. But you know what I believe? I believe until we choose to believe it and embed it in our hearts. I don't think it's ever going to work for us. I don't think we're ever going to see the full purpose and plan that God has for us until we choose to really believe it. We really want to know it. We really want to see it. And it's going to come with it's going to come with us having to stay in prayer. Us having to turn off the TV and spend time with him just walk around your home and just talk to him. Maybe you can't just, you know, open your mouth and begin to pray, but just turn the lights off, turn off the TV and get in a quiet space and just begin to just walk. Maybe you can just sit there in a chair, sit on your sofa at the edge of your bed, but just begin to close your eyes and just begin to think on his goodness and just begin to think that what I had to do a few years ago I had to begin to X out where I was emotionally and mentally and spiritually. I had to begin to say, okay, I'm Xing that out. And I began to think about greater places in Christ. I began to think of myself living in the peace that Jesus left for me. I began to envision what it was to wake up in the morning full of peace and full of joy. I begin to think about, well, what if something bad happens? I begin to think about saying God wouldn't put any more on me than I could bear. And I begin to think about God delivering me from that bad thing, that negative thing, because I've said before, everything has an expiration date. There's a time and a season for all things. And I begin to envision myself in a better place. And I believe that God graced me enough. So now I'm living in that better place spiritually in peace and in joy. And only God knows my story. Only he knows the backhand. Only he knows the struggle. Only he truly knows. There have been some who have been in the trenches with me and my family, but only God can truly put a pen to paper and write my story. Only he knows the fullness of my heart. So I said all of that to say, God bless you in your venture into 2021. We're here. God let us see it. And it's for a reason. Begin to put things around you that, that speak of joy, that speak of happiness, that speak of peace. And you don't have to, we have the right not to let anyone interrupt that peace because only you and God know what it took to get you to a place of peace. Only he knows. Only he truly knows. And once you get it, you fight to keep it. And you may have to Close your door on some people. You may have to say, you know, I love you. I'll talk to you later. And you don't have any animosity. You're not angry. But you have to begin to do what you need to do to walk in the peace that Jesus left here for you, left here for me. This is a brand new day. And let me tell you something. When I finish with this, the enemy is going to come just as quick as I know my name is Keisha. And he's going to bring a situation where it's going to be a dark situation. It's going to be a a evil situation. It's going to be an argument. It's going to be contention. It's going to be strife. It's going to be stress. But God is going to remind me, what did you just get through encouraging my people with? Now you have to do it and you can do it. So in 2021, for the second, and I tell my friends and my loved ones, those of us who are 45 and over, we are living in the second last half of our lives, because I give everybody 100 years, so we want to live those years in peace and joy and happiness and laughter. Well, Keisha, you're acting like nothing bad will ever happen. Yes, it will But God said that basically all these negative things will be happening around you. Many will fall around you, but it won't come near you. It won't come nigh you plead the blood of Jesus over your life, your children, your home, every room, your job, your car, wherever you go, just find yourself, make it a habit to plead the blood of Jesus to say, God, I'm in the grocery store. I want to walk in peace. I'm getting ready to go over to my brother's house. I want to walk in peace. Lord, I choose not to walk in bitterness. I choose not to be the first thing out of my mouth in the morning is I want to be argumentative with people. I want to be aggressive with people. Lord, I'm not going to do it anymore. I am going to choose to do what brings you glory. So, again, I said all of that to say this. There are four mantras that I have for 2021 my good friend minister Gloria this morning she texted me and she said ain't no stopping us now and it reminded me of a song by McFadden and McFadden it's called ain't no stopping us now that's my mantra song for 2021 my mantra scripture is Deuteronomy 6 and 11 God will give us houses we did not build, full of things and vineyards we we did not plant. My third mantra is watch and see. Watch and see this year all of the miracles, all of the breakthroughs. We may have to shed some tears this year, but God is going to get us to our promised place of peace in him. He's going to remove some stumbling blocks. He's going to fill some ditches. He's going to knock down some giants. He's going to close the mouths of some lions that have been roaring loud in your life. Watch and see in 2021. And then the last mantra is a simple, okay. Okay, just means I'm not going to argue with you anymore. I'm not going to get I'm not going to surrender my peace to you because you need to go and get a real relationship with Christ and stop being led by your flesh and stop being led by your anger. Stop being led by your bitterness. Stop being led by your contentment against everybody, whether it's on your job, whether it's in your family, whether it's a neighbor you can't get along with. We have to go moving ahead with those four mantras for 2021. Ain't no stopping us now. Deuteronomy 6 and 11. Just watch and see. And okay, I might even get that printed on a t-shirt and get it blinged out. Okay. <laughs> so you all be blessed today, this first day of the new year. Just know That every moment is a moment to start anew. God is with us. He's for us. He knows who's going to move to this next level with us. And he knows the ones that are going to have to be left behind. And don't you take the weight of that. Don't you take the burden of that. Because life I've had to learn is about the choices that we make. I had to make the choice to be better, to do better, to cut some people off, to cut some things off, to block some people on my phone, to not answer text messages, to not answer some calls, to ignore some, some bad attitudes. I had to do it. You can do it. We can do it. We got this because God's got us. You all be blessed. Know that I'm always praying for you in 2021. Is an epic year. You guys be blessed. I love you. Bye bye.